Good day, beautiful, wonderful, amazing, special, glorious, fantastic, all the positive words, podcast family. I hope that wherever you are on this planet, you're doing incredible, and I am sending you all of my love, well wishes, good vibes, prayers, positive intents uh, to you, your family, your friends, your community uh, during these very interesting times. Uh, We have an amazing show for you today. We have J.B. The Wizard on. This is a fantastic episode. You're going to want to share this one as far and as wide as possible. Uh, Absolutely loved hanging out with uh, JB. We talk about his amazing career and his start in the movies. Um, We talk about uh, alignment and courage to choose to be yourself at all times. He talks about the atomic core, which is hilarious because we have so many uh, synergies. You know, he uses a lot of the similar words that I do. You know, the coaching group I have is atomic alchemy. He talks about the atomic core, alignment, the importance of being uh, who you truly are, flexing the bravery muscle. He goes into the carving process, uh, how you can overcome fear and limitations. Um, This amazing story about how JB daughter has a world record that's really cute and inspiring um you know guarding the body's gates an amazing tyrannosaurus rex analogy that you need to listen to kind of get into um, pushing our edges as creators so this is a phenomenal episode uh censorship is is bonkers and so with your help we will get the word out there so share on all social share in messages share in text messages share in emails do whatever you got to do uh, youtube was axed so you can find me over at odyssey.me Matt Belair, definitely suggest going to mattbelair.com, joining the email list. Um, and if you want, become a member over there. You can do so by donation or even for free. If you need it for free, just go matt at zenathlete.com. I'll happily send you a link for free. And if you can support the show, that is tremendous and very, very appreciated. Um, Beth Martins and I are also hosting a law summit right now. And we had none other than Dolores Cahill reach out and she wants to come on the, sh- on the summit. So we're keeping that in the private uh, you can get a link to that um, on all my socials mattbelair.com you'll find a link to that um, also my Instagram and my link tree and other places you know Beth Martin's and Matt Belair Law Summit you're going to find that uh, you, you know amazing people are, are in that um and that summit, and it's incredibly spiritual. I had no idea uh, law was going to be so spiritual, but it's an incredibly spiritual thing. There is like-minded community, people who want the truth, who want solutions, and uh, it's really beautiful. So amazing guests over there. I highly recommend people check it out. It's totally free right now. We're kind of winging it. We don't really know what we're going to do with it, but it's really taken off, and we've got beautiful guests over there. So hopefully we'll see you at the law summit. And uh, for those of you guys who really want a step-by-step master system for no and living your life purpose, learning about peak performance, mindset, the limits of consciousness, um, and all things mindset and empowerment and alignment, uh, check out the Soul Compass course, check out the Quantum Heart Hypnosis Meditations, or if you want to join a coaching call as my guest, uh, just hit me up, mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. There are tons of amazing solutions to help you get into crystal clear alignment with who you are to live uh, your life purpose, your legacy, and we all have a purpose. I truly believe that. And the more that we synergize with who we are and get right with the great spirit, God creator, live in alignment. We're going to find our tribe. We're going to find our people. We're going to be supported. We're going to live more fulfilled. And, um, you know, this is what all of those programs are designed to do is help you do that and achieve that. So if you have any questions, hit me up, Matt at zenathlete.com. Happy to answer them. Um, you know, get you through the soul compass course, the quantum heart hypnosis, or if you want to do a session or you want to join a a coaching group, uh, you know, and working with extreme sports athletes and, and really high level achievers, I think the most 
important thing is just for each individual to really know who they truly are, to live a life of fulfillment and alignment, and to give their gift to community and do that in a very empowering way where you're supportive. And so if that sounds interesting, hit me up. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, the most important thing you can do to support the show is to do three kind acts wherever you are on this planet, um, you know, to spread that vibration, to spread that kindness through action, not just intent, but in action is very, very important. And I encourage people to consider taking the kindness challenge. Do three kind acts a day for a week. Go out of your way to do it. Do not tell anyone. And you may experience a universal wink, something really strange will happen for you and you'll know it's just for you for the universe to say hey yeah you're on the right track this is the idea so uh thank you so much for uh listening to the show it's going to be amazing so let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive in uh wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and let it out slowly filling every cell every muscle and every fiber of your being with peace, joy, empowerment, connection, enthusiasm, courage, and ready to enjoy this absolutely phenomenal episode with JB the Wizard. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. As you know, we are currently overcoming extreme censorship. If you want to support this show, please go over to iTunes and leave a review. Share episodes as far and as wide as you can. And most importantly, consider doing three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Today's guest is a consultant to top CEOs, salespeople, and celebrities who have achieved a certain level of success, but know they have so much more to give. He helps people to manage focus so that they can achieve their desired result using alignment and futuring. Welcome to the show, JB the Wizard. Hey, thanks for having me. Fun to be here. Oh man, I'm so stoked for this. We're having a great uh, pre-chat. You know, we almost got lost in there before I even started recording. So um, I'm really excited to dive into this. Um, your background and your work is really fascinating. You know, I really um, shortened the bio, but I'm really curious too, from what I've read and, and the wonderful chat we had before pushing record, uh, tell me a little bit about your journey and and what got you to where you are today. You know, you tell me you have six kids. So, you know, you're, you know, you're a father. I always, now that I'm a father, I appreciate that, right? Because it takes the spiritual teachings and it's a whole nother level, you know, because you're kind of like single men they're, and women, they're gallivanting around. But like, can you do it with the kids? Can you do it with the family um, and all those additional stresses? So six is, is you're going to learn a lot from that. You know, I can't believe it. So, yeah, I'd love uh, for you to just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, it's like we did, a whole, we did a whole podcast show before this podcast. You know, yeah. stop talking. So, um, but yeah, so so my degree is pre medical exercise physiology. I love the body, and um, when I was a kid, I was like, we you know we moved around a lot. You know, um, I'm German, but my father's American. So so my mother came here to America. My father's in the American Army, and then we would move every couple of years. So I lived a lot of different places. And when I was nine years old, I was in the, I was in California. And then I remember the sun was setting and I saw these, uh, these shadows of people. And remember now, I had the Bandit remote control car, which was amazing remote control car. And then I had another remote control car that had a wire to it, which is not as cool as the wireless remote control car. <laughs> and I remember, uh, I, lo I loved them. And I remember seeing these people and I saw these shadows and I was wondering, they don't have a cable, they don't have a wire, right, that I can see. How, did, how does that work? How do those people move? How does this work? So at that point I said, I wanna figure that out. And then um, every day we would watch 
shows or whenever Living Color would come on, I would react to shows for my family. And I knew I said, one day I'll be on television and I just left it with that. So when I was getting my degree in uh, exercise physiology, learning how the body operated, my sophomore year, this film was coming, coming to town, auditioning. And so I played football, track and, and uh, basketball in high school. So I auditioned for this film. And, you know, at the time I had this big old Afro, you know, and I'm pretty tall over, you know, 60 <laughs> something. And so there's like, I was just a big thing coming in the room, you know? And so came back, you know, we got, we got the, uh, you know, I, I was, I was cast in, in the movie. It was a Cuba Gooding Jr. and Ed Harris. And then after that, I got an agent. And then I wanted to figure out what's going on with theater because film people feel a certain way about theater. Theater people feel a certain way about film. So I said, let me figure out for myself what the truth is, which is like my life motto. You know, <laughs> you have to, you know, come out, I'll figure it out myself, right? So you'll experience it. So then uh, I was cast as the lead in this theater show and I knew nothing about theater at all. So this is another life principle of mine. So I didn't know stage direction. I didn't know upstage. Down. I, didn't, I knew nothing. And um, there were four different parts of the show and I was the lead in all four of them. And I didn't, I've never memorized lines or learned lines before. I had no idea of anything. So this is the whole people call it phrase like sink or swim type of idea. And so I go for the very big whale first and then I back up and think about how to do it and then reproduce the results. This happens in life, business and everything else. Um, and that, so some people ask me that question a lot, like go for that big thing that you, and then this will motivate you to figure out how to do it as opposed to preparing, preparing analysis paralysis idea. Mm -hmm. So um, so I ended up, I didn't drop any lines. I learned all of the things. I went to Barnes and Nobles and I was like there every single day for allergies. This was a lot of years ago, you know? For hours learning about acting, what is it? Then I got an agent. Then I started doing commercials, industrials. Then uh, I knew I wanted to direct and produce as well. So we ended up moving to uh, Oklahoma at the time. It was like, what's in Oklahoma? But there was this director of Children of the Corn and the producer of the Godfather trilogy. And I said, I, I just found out where he was, I walked up to him. And this is again, so you don't know, just do the stupid thing first, right? Because like, <laughs> How do you, this is another whale. I go up to this Hollywood director and I'm like, I want to do that. Instead of what some people might do, they might go to school for it, no offense to it, but they might do that. They might practice and do a little bit here. Just go for the whale and then work it backwards. And then I met with the producer of the Godfather trilogy, go for the whale, work it backwards. And from there, I started um, producing and directing and stuff like that. And then I ended up getting in prison break on Fox. And then I did some international commercials and um, musical theater. And that was another thing I had no, I, I <laughs> this is all funny, but I didn't, I didn't even know there was, I didn't know what musical theater was. <laughs> so it was weird, you know? And it's like, I just knew about a stage and I went and saw the show one time and I was like, that's amazing. I'm gonna be, and this is this five story opera house. And I was, couldn't, had no money, you know what I mean? Somehow I had enough money saved up that we got the nosebleed seats, you know, you can barely see anything on the stage. And I looked down and I said, I'm gonna be on that stage. I'm gonna, and that's all I said, and I left it alone. Two years later, auditioned, we were performing in that place, in that five-story opera hall, and I was now in the show. And, um, you know, I'm tying so many stories together. You asked me how I got to this point. So here we go, right? That's amazing, yeah. And I, I remember, so I walked in and I'm wearing like normal clothes 
And I get into the elevator and the people coming to see me, they're wearing like very nice clothes. And it was thinking like, they don't know they're here to see me. They don't know they're here, you know, to see me perform, you know, cause they weren't like super, super nice. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it's like, they're here to, they don't know. And I went, I took the elevator up to the fifth story and I sat in the same seats that I sat in when I made that statement that I'm gonna be on that stage. And I think I, I could imagine, I, I definitely teared up, you know what I mean? Like, that's right, we made it happen. Went back down and performed, performed my heart out, if you like. And then um, they asked me to be, I don't tell this story too much out loud, but they, they, they wanted me to be one of the four resident actors in this, this thing. And, you know, there's tens of thousands of actors everywhere, and two of them were females. So it's really one of two males. And, I, I was able to be resident actor there, and uh, which was fascinating. And then I learned, oh, so this is called musical theater. And it was like way all then backwards because I got my equity card. Now anybody in acting knows that's like a SAG card except for theater, which means I was performing with Broadway actors. I, I ended up performing with Lou Diamond Phillips, amazing guy, Tony Award winner, you know, Jensen Ackles and some other people. And it was like, and I didn't even know, I couldn't even, I couldn't read vocal music. Um, I play, I play guitar and I played a lot of instruments so I could read music, but not to singing. And so I was next to these people with master's degrees in this. And I just had to learn super quickly, like, like millis, you know what I mean? Millisecond speed, right? And, um, and I did, you know, and then from there we just continued. And I ended up uh, creating a production company and I was doing these commercials in this Fortune 500 company found me this wonderful woman she she not just gave me a shot she believed in me from the beginning and um there's a lot of stories in that but when I started to direct these commercials for this Fortune 500 companies I was working with these CEOs and these top people and you know to me I grew up military you know my father's military he's amazing and I was in martial arts so I did sports I'm not like uh, people are people you know what I mean but so I wasn't intimidated, which was helpful, but I'm working with these top people. And of course they're just people. And as a director, my real job is to help another human being be authentic, be present, be here in this moment. We don't watch acting to watch somebody pretend or lie on camera. We are all as human beings, we're looking for the truth all the time, even if it's masked and even if you know, uh, we don't realize it, we want truth. And so, you know, when I was training people, um, sometimes they might say, hey, you don't wanna be fit and I'm craving, I don't know, French fries or potato chips, but really the body is wanting a salt or it's wanting something else. And that's the way it knows how to get it, but the body wants truth as well, or else the body can get sick. And so this happens also with um, motion capture. I did motion capture for video games and, we as people, our eyes, you can see if uh, like an animated character is a real human being or if it's not. So it makes it very, very difficult to create motion capture animated characters because the body, we, I mean, our eyes and our mind are so adept at knowing that's real, that's not real, right? So meshing that, like what they try to do with Beowulf is, is, is challenging. And, and this comes back to wanting truth again. And so as a director, we're looking for the truth, that moment. And if you as a human being, as a director, can help the other person feel safe enough to be present and to be authentic, then this is what we're looking for. So years later, I was thinking, how do I get rid of 
this is almost like another of my clients said that I was like the Michelangelo where we got rid of everything that's not him and only he remained. So I had to do it to my own life too. So I'm thinking like, how do I get rid of everything that's like noise and keep the core of what I do? So get rid of the camera, get rid of this, get rid of this. What is it that I do? And it was really just helping other people to be authentic and in alignment and to feel safe. So therefore I said, well, I have a background with public speaking and performing. Let me help people with, with public speaking since it's like the number one fear of the world. There's plenty of market for it. And as I began to do that, people began to connect with me because they said, you just seem happy. They said, you, you seem... Uh, authentic and I, I want some of that so basically all I've been doing since day one is exactly the same thing I do right now but without the cameras and that's kind of a noise so that's that's the long story of how I got to here <laughs> <laughs> oh man Th that's amazing I'm so glad that you gave us the the full scope of it because I feel like it's it's so wonderful the um the entire journey to come back to like authenticity and for me when you're telling it like thinking about acting like the only acting experience i have is you know i think you know middle school or something going up in a play just being terrified right yeah. trying to pretend um you know that you're this character um but when you're viewing it it's authenticity right and that's so important i feel like we live in a world where people really struggle to be their authentic selves. There's many reasons why we aren't. Um, I feel like social media is a real big one too. Now it's another thing that kids are dealing with that our generation didn't, right? We, we would meet people in school and we would want to be accepted and all these things, right? Not get bullied, not be ridiculed and, and be a little bit afraid. And now you've got this second social world. How, and every, and it's, it's viewable for everybody, how many followers you have, what you look like, your best photos, what you do, what you have. And so, you know, I love to just start off with, you know, asking you to talk a little bit about alignment. So I know that's one of the, the big things that you speak about, you know, how do we get into alignment and forget who we're not, right? That's like kind of the ego mat. It's the most core thing about being human. And, you know, you said it right off the bat is like letting go of everything you're not. So you can be fully who you are, you know, it's the most important thing, but it's really how, right? It's like, okay, I know I don't like this job or whatever. It doesn't align or fill up my soul, right? But I'm doing it because I, I have to do these other life things or, you know, and, and sometimes it's a little bit easier. You go around and you put on these different faces for people rather than being your authentic self. And that's why I think people resonate with who you are, even when we uh, started this call you're smiling and you're upbeat right it's it's a genuine thing you, you're you're in a state of being that's contagious because it's authentic you don't have to pretend it's not as tiring you know it'd be very awful to have to kind of go around to pretend and then also worry what people would think all the time and I think maybe you could speak on that as well as that's a huge fear right you're going up on stage to perform you can mess up everybody is there to judge you that's literally what they're there for you have people who are paid to judge you and put it in you know for other people to read so that's a terrifying thing for people to consider and as most people just operate they're worried what their friends think their family thinks their coworkers think and it just prevents them from really succeeding and getting into alignment and being who they are yeah yeah and I, you know, the book I wrote is called Alignment Alchemy, you know, because it's like this, um, like recipe, like alchemy, you know, putting together for, for what alignment like is. And what's so tricky is that um, there's a few things we talk about atomic core, bravery, muscle, circadian schedule, futuring. And then there's, oh, I've got it right here. <laughs> yeah. And then what else is there? 
think that's it. Futuring bravery. I think I said by atomic core alignment, bravery, muscle security, schedule, futuring. Yep. <laughs> so, but with that, when I was one of the things my wife calls attention to is when I was um, 11, I was walking home from school. This is in Hawaii. And I, I just remember knowing and thinking about when I go home, it's going to be slightly different the way I'm interacting. It's going to be slightly different than how I interact with my friends at school, which is slightly different from how I interact with my teachers. My friends at school, they liked me. My teachers, they liked me. My parents liked me. You know, but there was still a slight, there was a difference between how I interacted with them, them, and them. I remember very specifically. And I said, it was the day I said, no more. I'm finished with that. I, I want to be, and I'm going to be myself at all times. And that was a that was a pivotal moment, you know, and um I give a lot of credit to to my parents and to my father for that. You know, I, I'm so grateful to them for uh my father's strength, you know, but also they're just he wanted me to be able to be happy as well and to be in my alignment, you know. So he didn't use those words, you know, but let's say energetically, you know, I knew that he liked me as a person. And so there's a foundational thing that I start off with the book and, and what I say to people. And it's just that you already have the answers. You already have the answers. And if we can understand that foundationally, all we simply need to do is access those answers that we have. So when we are able to access those answers, this is what helps us to tap into our atomic core. I call it the atomic core because there is a fire burning inside of us that is, uh, will never go out. And this is what happens like with a submarine, like a submarine ship. They don't have to come in and charge and they don't have to fill up with gas. There's like a nuclear reactor on board where it can stay out for a long time. So I'm saying like, also, this is you. So as long as what you have, your behaviors, your activities, your work, your everything, your clothes, your what you drink, what you eat, what is in your surrounding, your people, uh, when they tap into your atomic core, they are fueled by that atomic core. And then there is no burnout. Then there's no anxiety. Then the stress can go away because these are all symptoms simply of activities that are plugged into sources that don't have a power source that's strong enough to power them okay so when we're trying to do an activity a work a job a post anything that is not plugged into a very powerful power source it's it's sapping our energy in the tire so we got it what we want to do is hmm, what is in my alignment right and so one of the ways to to get to that point number one is asking you know uh, or understanding that you already have all of these answers number two we could take a look at major thing i take a look at is what is it that you did when you were a kid what did you see because as as weird as it sounds people don't change it's like but jb don't you help people to change like no no one changes i simply literally help people to become themselves that's all <laughs> that's it so they're like is it gonna help me get to a million dollars like if you're a millionaire is it gonna help me get to a billion dollars if you're a billionaire like it's these things are who you are you know and then the results are everything else that has to catch up to it so we can understand 
by asking these questions, who you are, which you already know, you right? You already know who it is. You know, you could think like if you had all the money in the world and if there were, uh, let's say like no concern for what people maybe would think, or maybe they would just give you a thumbs up and a high five for anything you would say, anything you would do, what would you do? And then we have to go a little further because sometimes people say things, I don't know, I'd skydive, or I would be a doctor, or I, you know, they say certain things that maybe would be. What I like to do after that is live that out. This is some aspect of future, right? So this is some aspect, because featuring is really a combination of all, we say this featuring the story that will really set you free from the prison of the brain with the prison of the mind. When you live that, live it, live it, wake up, live that thing. And I want you to understand that no matter what it is that you have, it's not really going to be or feel different than right now. You put a billion dollars in the bank, you have, uh, even you have, let's say, let's say you have some kind of an ailment that gets healed. You can, I still want you to understand you're gonna wake up, which this is an interesting quote that says like, wherever you go, there you are. That's still gonna be there. So go ahead, wake up, live it. How do you feel? What do you think now what? And now do that in your mind for a full year because now the novelty is off. Get rid of the novelty experience that thing now what are you doing this is how we can begin to understand where your alignment is and who you are at that moment the job begins to be live that right now and so this is the aspect of future so uh, an example you know i've done this in uh, every area of my life so there was um had no money, plenty of times of that. And most, most successful people can identify with that moment. You know what I mean? So no money That's at several points. And like, um, there was this store and it was a, like an organic healthy store. And I, and I really felt that was in my alignment. You know, I wanted to live that way, um, eat that way, that sort of thing. And it was just crazy expensive. Everything's a trillion dollars more than normal places, you know? So then, I uh, had nothing and I, I don't know how I had a dollar. I must've had a dollar, maybe, maybe I had five, something like that. And married, okay, this is like, this is the, now I'm not talking when I'm single, like this happens, you know? And um, so I went into the store and I saw, I got a piece of chocolate that I think was like 42 cents. Maybe it was 25 cents, then I had some tax or something, 42 cents. That was key because there's no difference, it sounds weird to say this, but there's no difference between $1 and a million dollars or a trillion. There's no real difference. And when you understand that, this is how you can bring that ideal you to right now. So that 42 cent chocolate, it was as if I spent $300 in groceries. It doesn't matter because it opened up those next steps. And then, you know, you know, fast forward or rewind, I don't know which way it goes. You know, then that becomes a norm to shop at that place and everything opened up. You know, it was a journey, but I was able to physically experience that moment right now. And, you know, whether you're starting a podcast or a business or a new relationship or moving to a location, something like that, when you see clearly who you are, give yourself that moment to just see it and then do that exercise that I just mentioned. 
it's not that other people's opinions get less and less important. The next aspect of it is the mind is looking for how can I accomplish that? And so the next challenging point is we have to, what you mentioned earlier, I don't know if we were recording or not when you said this, but we have to, what I call, flex the bravery muscle. And when we flex the bravery muscle, this is when we release or hold on to anything that is in our alignment or release anything that's not in our alignment. This is people, things, places, clothes, food, it doesn't matter. And so as we begin to take those steps, we get a little taste, like my 42 cent chocolate, right? You get a little taste of that reality. And then it becomes less and less difficult to continue to step and walk into your alignment. Yeah. I'll I love say that. Yeah, that, that, no, that's incredible. I love all that. It reminds me, you know, I come from the sports background, right? So we're trying to create reality through a maneuver that our body can do, right? Using sometimes objects like massive jumps, right? So can you do a backflip? Can you do a double backflip? And how do you create that reality? And it works into things like law of attraction, visualization, and things like that. But the more you can simulate where you want to go, you're training the body and um, engaging in the process of making that a reality. You're actively directing who you are, your will to solve it, right? You're engaging in the process. So with athletes, it might be, well, I would, I was teaching this, you know, to kids like, well, do a backflip on a trampoline. It's common sense. You know what I mean? How can you simulate the thing that you want to do? And what you're kind of talking about is, you know, you're in the mental world, but what can you do in the physical world? Right. And with each new piece of information, you're putting some energy there. You're getting more data, more information, whether it's like mirror neurons and somehow everybody in there is shedding some sort of healthy food vibe where $9 avocados, you know right. what I mean? And like, you know, the simulation is like, we got to plug them in for $9 avocados, you know, it's just like, oh my goodness. Right. So, you know, there's something to that. Right. But I feel like at the core of it, it might be that engaging of the will right? Your will is engaging and solving that issue, mm -hmm. right? Of where I'd like to go. So I really love that. And as you talked, I'd love to have your opinion on this because I was going to go somewhere else with it. But one thing that I talk about with, uh, you know, my, my coaching group, and I, I like how you said atomic because my coaching group is called atomic alchemy, and then you're in alignment. And then uh, the, the other course I have is called soul compass. So it's all about alignment. So before we're like martial arts, you know, right on the same page of like how we think. And so, you know, the alignment is so important, but what's this process or what, how do you teach about like being content now? Right. So I look at the world and I've got a daughter and I'm like, you know what? I'd love a house in the mountains and I'd love to be able to go heli boarding and these things and, and also provide a service for others. And the podcast is doing well. And, you know, maybe I got some other businesses and, you know, so the way that I've been doing it is I'll write down, I want to be of highest service, right? Show me the way that I can be of service and have spirit work through me. Um, train myself to be content with whatever's happening now, because I do think the universe is going to be bringing some stuff sometimes outside of your control to kind of man maneuver you in different ways. Right. Like when you had no money, you weren't like, Oh my God, I can't do anything about this. Woe is me. It's, Oh, I'm going to, how do I respond to this? And so I feel like it's this balancing act of like, okay, this is where I'd want to go. This is aligned with who I truly am, my authentic self, not the version of my parents want, society wants, whatever. This is the version of who I want to be and then being content now. So how do you um, bridge that gap for people or, or kind of, you know, teach on that point? That's beautiful. So 
We do it. I do the thing I, I called carving. I don't surprisingly. I think it's, I think I was carving upstairs, which is why it's up there. Yeah, it must be. But so the pen and the paper is very, very powerful. It's my secret, secret weapons, my secret, not secret weapons. Right. Just told you my secret. So it's not secret anymore. No, it's called carving. And um, what's so amazing about it is that when we have ideas that are in the mind, you know, whatever your belief might be, whether it's atheist or not atheist or wish or God or Jesus or Jew or whatever it is, it comes from someplace, let's say, wherever you want to call that. So then when you take that pen and then you write it in front of you on this physical paper, the pen has now transmutated something that was intangible and it's beginning to make it tangible. It's craziness. And so then different senses are experiencing that thing that was intangible before. So the eyes are looking at it, they hear it, you could hear it scraping across, you could feel it doing that. Uh, I don't know you're smelling something, but the senses are involved in this process now, which is, what are we doing? We're birthing. This is literally, we're birthing this thing that was intangible. It's like a soul. This is what happens with your little girl, right? This was birthing that happened. And now she's, now she's here, you know? And so when you're holding this thing, it's like, oh my gosh, you know? <laughs> you know? And so this is the process that, that I call carving. And in this particular moment, the best way I can say it is the happiness and fulfillment comes when you are clearly and with certainty working on a path like that life compass, you know, towards the goal of who you are. Goal is tricky because goal, that word implies sometimes that you're not there yet. So that's a tricky one sometimes. But let's just say the, the biggest thing is becoming who you are. And the whole the whole thing, even with futuring, is it's like it's futuring, which is living. I'll see you, which is I end every podcast, I'll see you in the present, which is the future you design. So the, the language lends itself to a type of confusion because of tenses that it can't accurately portray what's happening in reality. But once we carve this out, right, and we've, we've made this physical now, so it's no longer an idea. It's no longer something that's intangible. We look for what you, what you do, um, those those uh, solutions oriented things. What can we do? What what action step can I take? It's in those moments that you are connected to that. Let's call it for now the future you. It's in those moments that you are present with the future who you are. So there, this is the way to be content without having contentment completely sabotage. Let's call it your goals, right? So this is the this is the hack. <laughs> it's very sensitive. I, I definitely call it brain surgery, neuro neurosurgery as well. It's very very. You know, when I prepare for calls, oh my gosh, like I'm, I prepare every essence of me. You know what I mean? Because we're we're going in for surgery. This is real stuff, right? So that is the way. Ed Milet calls it like blissful. I don't know, blissful discomfort or something. I don't know what he calls it, but blissful something where he's, it's the same idea. I have an idea called extreme balance, which is kind of also both, both. And then, um, but again, it's in the moments of, act, of creating and taking action towards the thing that you are, which is in the future, but who you are, where you're actually connected to that. And then the process, this is the trick to the circadian schedule. The process then becomes enjoyable. 
And then it taps you into the atomic core because the real secret to why you're where you are and why you work with who you work with and how you've gotten to the levels you've gotten to is you didn't give up. And so that's the trick. You never stop this thing with you. You didn't stop this obstacle. You didn't stop. And so all of those times, and this is what I love about working with celebrities, they're, they're not, they are and they're not different. They should be, and the athletes, they should be praised for who they are because, not because of this talent, but really who they are. They never gave up. And on top of that, the backlash and criticism and hate and, you know, all of these things, and they're still showing up, you know. Half of that, not even the talent, would crush most people before they even get out of bed. So that's the long, long answer to that one. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah, we're we're totally aligned on that. And I, you know, I have a great story that kind of um, illustrates what you're talking about. There's this girl that I coached. Uh, her name is now Sophia Evangelina. Um, her real name is something different, but that's her like stage name now. This girl is, I met her in Calgary when I was selling cars. Okay. So I was, I was in Whistler as a snowboard bum for like eight years, professional coaching. And although that was good and I got to travel and work with high level athletes, it still doesn't pay a lot, right. For me to travel the world and do all the things I wanted, I need some money. So I ended up selling cars in a portable in Calgary. And, uh, you know, I had a great time and I knew it was temporary. (laughs) So I have a great time there. This lady comes in and uh, we get to talking and she's with her daughter and they need a car and we make friends. And I was like, the one she wanted, I was, I was the worst salesman. I was way too honest. Like we had good, I would like pick them like nice apples. You know what I mean? I was like, no, no, no. You know what? I would never sell the one. Like I didn't want lots of good ones. Right. But I was like, you need this one. Right. So, um, so I was like, no, no, this one isn't really the one for you, but we ended up making friends. Right. Well, her daughter was one of the most talented skiers in Canada and still is. If, if the Olympics were going on this year, I have no idea, no doubt she would win. She, this girl is extraordinary. Like she's so tiny, you know, doing like double flips on skis at like 11, like just (laughs) mind blowing. And I remember just being like 11 and just being like, I'm going to win the Olympics and I'm going to be a world famous singer, um, you know, inspiring people to be good, good people and change the world. And she's like this little nine-year-old, right? I'm teaching her about visualization and stuff. And she goes one day to me, she's like, it's kind of like magic, huh? And I was like, yeah, kind of. And so, you know, flash forward to now she is, you know, she sent me a, a song she, she wrote and sang and like, I look at her face and I listen to the song. I was like, wait, is that you? She's like, yeah, I've been practicing singing my whole life, like is on it, you know? And so it's just one beautiful example. And that's why I like athletes because athletes have that tenacity, right? Mm-hmm. And so we can learn from that. You don't need to be an athlete. You don't need to be um, something, anything, something other than what you are, but you can learn from that tenacity because whatever that gap is, it's yours to walk right? It's uncertain. It's always architecting it in your own way, you know, and, and you're going to hit roadblocks and struggles, but athletes by nature have that tenacity to keep, you know, overcoming the roadblock and to build who they are. And, and another really simple way to put it is if you're 300 pounds and you're overweight and you're not, you don't have any energy, right? Well, you become that person you want to be in the future today, by making that choice, right? And so over time, a year later, two years later, you are a healthy person from the different choices that you make, right? So so at one point, it's gonna be, it's gonna meet you, right? Yeah. <laughs> right, at one point, it's gonna meet you. And so, uh, you know, you're engaging that process in a very meaningful way. Um, and I, so I think that you put it really brilliantly. And then the next follow-up question I wanna ask you, which is perfect is, how did you 
and how do you teach people to overcome fear and criticism? That's a huge one. You know, a lot of the time, like when I'm helping people with, you know, figuring out their life purpose, I like to say to people, it's not that hard. I, you know, we can figure out what your life purpose is in probably 20 minutes or an hour. Not because I use any kind of psychic crystals, which are cool. And, you know, I like all that stuff. I'll get all the vibes and the, and the technology and we'll go to a space hut and do, you know, nine rituals at once. Or I'll just ask you basic questions. You will respond to those questions and we will get really close, but, yes. you know, really quick. But the challenge will be, can you walk it? Can you now have that uncertainty gap to walk towards who you truly are? And so often it's, they respond, you know, what will people think? I'm like, who, who, who think what, right. You know, and then, and then when you really draw it down, that fear that's so big to them gets really small. And so I give the thought experiment. I was like, well, if, if you can get into alignment with who you are and then you, you do it, whether it's a piece of art or music or your first video or a podcast and everybody, you know, including your family writes you a handwritten letter about how terrible you are and you still do it, then you're, you're cooking. You know what I mean? You gotta be, you gotta be able to like, just imagine that it's probably not going to happen, but yeah. you know, that fear is so much bigger than they think it is. I was like, just start, you know, and also be okay at sucking. You know, yeah. that's a part of the process. You skateboarding teaches you that if you like, yeah. Oh, stay, yeah. Oh yeah. You, yeah. Oh yeah. You got to tell your baby story. That's the, the, the world record. So yeah. Tell that story. That's so funny, man. That's amazing. So, so, so we all skate, right? So me, me and my wife, our six kids, we all skateboard. And so my, my newest daughter, she's four months old now. She's born, born here at the magic cabin. And so what we do is about 12 hours later, she's she born like five. It was the next morning, right? It's, I guess it's probably 12 hours. I take her outside, say, this is outside, you know, what you're hearing is the birds, you know, and then we walk right over to the skateboard that everybody in the family started on, and I just laid her on the skateboard, and it's like, ah, so she's stuck at some part 12 hours, she's already on the skateboard. That's <laughs> oh, dude, that's amazing. Yeah, saying that's humanity's world record for first skateboarder. That's so incredible. I thought I was early. I have a picture in like a video of me and my daughter. She's like maybe five months or six months. And I have her like this and I'm skating around, you know, and she's just like smiling ear to ear, just loving it, you know, kind of floating and gliding through. So yeah, man, that's incredible. Yes. And I, I even held her this same couple of hours and I did a little bit of a roll, right? And I was like, nobody else do this. But I did it. No, nobody else yeah, do no, it. no other kids try this. This is not. <laughs> you know my kids are like, okay, dad just did that. I was like, yeah, no, dad, no one else. Yeah, this is no not fair play for you. This is only a dad thing. And one of my sons just the other day, he was like, dad, when I, so when I have a kid, he's nine, you know? And he's like, hey, can I do this? I was like, yeah, you, you can do it. And, but again, let me let you, let you know what I'm thinking about, what I'm looking at before I do it. But I wanted her to just feel those real vibrations, you know, through my body into hers. And um, yeah, I don't know where That's else going uh, yeah. So, well, what I was talking about before was like the fear thing, right? How do we, yeah, how do we yeah. get, how do we get over that? Right. Cause that's the hugest, the hugest block. Right. And, and it's this certainty piece. Right. And then the money element comes in and all this kind of stuff. Right. It's all of these fears. So they don't, they don't do a little bit. Right. Or, or and I think nine times out of 10, they're worried about someone in their life or imaginary hater, you know, and you had to deal with getting on stage and people hating you and throwing tomatoes and in the, uh, you know, the newspaper later. So how do you help people handle that or frame that so they can just remove that limitation and start pursuing, you know, who they are? Yeah, there's a wonderful technique that I called, 
I call it the what if technique, but I don't even think you say what if during the technique, which is the weird part, but I still call it the what if technique. <laughs> and so the, um, I sh it should be called and then what, but I call it the what if technique. And so basically what I say, and what I bring people through is that, let's say it happens, let it happen, let's go. The person says you suck. The person says your, your beard is silly. The person says the name the wizard is dumb. So this happened, you know. Um, you know, <laughs> and so people say, you know, you call yourself the wizard, I can't take you seriously. And this is what my kids know that we do. We give them a thumbs up. <laughs> you know, it's not for you then, right? And so I so said, let's say the person puts on your social media something negative. Let's say that you forget your lines. That's happened. Let's say that, you know, in front of thousands of people, let's say that, um, you know, let's just, whatever it is that you're afraid of, this is the, this is what I actually do. And so now see it and it happens. I don't have to say, how do you feel? Cause you feel in something, but think to yourself or say to me, like, how do you feel? Oh my God, that's the, okay. And then what? And I go, well, then I would blank, blank, blank. Okay. And then what? Well, then I would blank, blank, blank. Okay, and then let's say that happens. And then you don't have any money. And then your mother-in-law does think you're a loser. And then your father says, I, I knew you'd never amount to not anything at all. And then all of a sudden, the, the person who's going to kick you out of your house come, knocks on your door. Feel that come up, isn't it? You know, and you gotta leave. And then you've got children. And then, then what? Well, and then go through all of it. Let it happen. The thing that's magical about it is what ends up happening by the time we get to the end, we go far, 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 far until it runs out. The cool thing is that you have emotionally and physiologically gone through it at that point. The power to that is that my belief and what I think happens is that if you've gone through it, you don't have to go through it. You know, whatever karmic balance there might be, by going through it through this technique, it may have saved you from having to go through it in that experience. You don't want to go through it. And so there's that part, which is a gigantic bonus. The second thing is that we start to realize what you would do. You find solutions, really go there and you start finding the solutions. And then you feel by the end of it, you don't feel afraid anymore because you have all these solutions. You've already experienced the horrible trauma of what might happen. And this extends to a lot of different areas. You know, I've worked with uh, a lot of clients and a lot of things, houselessness, easy for sure, um, rape, uh, abuse. Um, I mean, it's just a, a traffic. I mean, everything, you know, uh, just somebody was told they're dumb. And I guess even from shallow to big, you know, whatever somebody's hell is, it's their hell, you know? And it's like, you know, you don't have to think somebody's is worse or not worse than yours and everybody's got their thing. And so, that's, that is the mo that is a powerful, powerful technique called the what if technique, which I, like I said, I don't think you say what if once in the technique, <laughs> but, but that's the one. And then um, I'm trying to think if there's this other one. I won't go to that one because this is the actual powerful moment. That's, that's the way. Yeah, I love that. That's, that's incredible. And I, I feel like when we do that, we're just giving a voice to the worst case scenario. And one of the examples that I like to give to people is, is 
that, well, what if you became homeless, right? You would, you would pick yourself back up. Right. And then I also give the ideas like, okay, what are you going for? Right. Like, what are you trying to achieve? And I was like, okay, let's see, you get everything you want to achieve. Right. And then, um, you know, as soon as you get it, um, you lose both of your legs and you can't walk, you know what I mean? Or your eyesight. And then you live for five years like that. Well, after those five years, would you choose to go back in time and be homeless again and start with your legs or eyesight? Or would you keep all of the material things? Not one person has ever said the material thing. They know it. They're like, no, no, no. I want my body. Well, you have that. And we're just so conditioned, right, for to not be grateful for what we have. It's always this more scenario, you know, and like this worst case thing. We're not thinking about what we're capable of and what we're capable of achieving and what we're, uh, how adaptable we are and how resourceful we are and how connected we are to the community, to other people who want to support you, to the world and the universe. Like if you watch nature and you look at nature, it's mostly cooperative. There's some ruthless stuff out there, which I know because I saw friggin' crow murder some, murder some uh, Baltimore Orioles. And I never, I like, and I'd never seen that happen. I didn't know that that happened. It's just like dramatic when I was on a coaching call. I was like, Oh my God, hold on. I was like yelling at a crow. That's got this little baby in its head and spent a whole day trying to like say, it. you know, so there's some ruthless stuff there, but it is like the circle of life, like Lion King, you know, it is cooperative. It all has its balance. Um, and we can connect to that force and that nature, you know what I mean? And so we're always looking at this lowest common denominator. Like we're weak beings right like we need someone outside of us to to help us where help can be great but we have all of the answers all the capabilities within we can respond to any situation yeah it might be challenging it might be hard to muster up a positive mindset but that is what's going to get you through and um you know you're giving yourself the idea that you can do it it's like whether you can or you can't you know you're right and for right. me for me this it lines up so well with sport because that's the teeter totter you need for extreme sports. It doesn't really work in any other sport. You could like throw a basketball shot and like miss all day. There's no good, no consequence. Right. But in extreme sports, there's consequences. So yeah. we have to know, can you, or can you not do this? And then that's where your will and mindset and what you put forward, you know, starts to engage. And that's that will part. Again, we're not, we're not taught to engage the will right? And what we want and what we're willing to do for, what we're willing to sacrifice. Um, I saw a quote by Jordan Peterson. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but he's basically saying that, you know, you're sacrificing something, right? Like if you sacrifice um, your workout for hot dogs and beer, you know, you could do that, right? But, if you, but then you're going to be, you know, that fitness is going to go. There's going to be a price to be paid, but you can take that, you can take that medicine, right? It's, you're, it's medicine either way. might be medicine through working out, but it's going to be medicine through, you know, lethargy and, 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 you know, confusion of the mind and things like that. On the other side, if you continue to make those choices and in another podcast I did too, he talked about the hard easy and he said, uh, Arthur Coombs, that's what the episode was really good. And he talked about, it can be hard now and easy later, right? Or it can be easy now and hard later, right? All those easy choices. And then all of a sudden you're in the hospital, you're like, oh, goodness, this is very hard. You know, I'm dealing with something traumatic now from lots of, um, you know, terrible choices. And so I think it's just something important to consider. And if you want to add on to that, please go ahead. But I, I'd love for you to speak a little bit on anxiety too, because I think, you know, that was in the notes there. And a lot of people are <clears throat> struggling with that right now. Um, a lot of things are uncertain. Uh, you know, the world is a little bit topsy-turvy and craziness is going on. And so um, maybe you can speak on a little bit uh, on anxiety and, and, and connecting to like 
I don't know, faith or like feeling good in the midst of the chaos. Cause you know, a lot of us are really experiencing that a heavy uncertainty. I feel like is one of the triggers for anxiety and, and we are in uncertain times for sure. <laughs> sure. What you, what you said was, was great. Cause this was what I was going to bring up earlier too. Just a few seconds ago and being very careful, I call it the gates. Um, <clears throat> the Savannah Revy talks about this, but the eyes are a gate inside the nose, the mouth, the ears, these are gates inside and you really want to guard these gates you have to be careful with them and so what this means this goes to whether it be what people may think about you what people may say about you um this also deals obviously with anxiety but what's coming in these really they can be they can it can trigger the anxiety the fear the self-consciousness this sort of thing or it could tell a story that is not in alignment with you, that's not really relevant. So it is very few and far between where anything that would come in matters to me. Um, because in real life, it doesn't matter. Meaning, so like, <laughs> I'm very careful what I look at, what I listen to, what I eat. I'm very careful because I can give my control over to things that are not there to help me along the journey. Or I can allow things in that are there to, I don't wanna to say to sabotage my journey, but let's just keep saying that are not there to facilitate my journey. And that's the help, the, the easiest way to help you to make certain decisions. Is this going to help me along the journey to becoming who I am? You know, the idea of, I need more information in order to whatever. So if you were to be honest with that, you know, we could say, is what you're watching, what you're listening to, giving you more information or is it giving you something else? So what I would also say is like, what information is it that you need in order to take whatever action you're wanting to take, which is in alignment with who you are. So if we can cl cloud, um, keep out this noise and take action and be in that moment with creating who we are, the incoming information we would notice is not as helpful as we previously thought. And as we focus on being in the moment, doing what it is that we need to do in order to become who we are, there is anxiety doesn't live there. So it's in the act of being you that is the safest place to be. And when you're in the act, like you mentioned, taking action, like we, we say, uh, flexing the bravery muscle, uh, being in that alignment, that is, that is where the anxiety is not, the fear is not, um, because it's not simply be present, forget about tomorrow. We can think about tomorrow, but we're going to end up be needing to take action right now, which is going to bring us back to this moment. So we don't want to have one or the other where we never think about the future, we never think about the past, but we just need to know how to use these tools and how to use these weapons. And so a lot of times when we've got the anxiety or the stress, or like you mentioned, with the lack of certainty, I dealt with this a lot with people who were wanting to become entrepreneurs or who, 
you know, they're having some kind of a stable, stable job and wanting to become an entrepreneur and this sort of thing or start some big vision they know they're here to do. And I have to ask them questions. I don't like to tell people anything. It's like to let them, let it come out from them. And then they realize like, do you know how many people in that stable job or stable situation or stable country or stable whatever get fired, laid off, imprisoned, whatever you want, in trouble. So the safest place again to be, the most stable place is going to be in your alignment. In, in the book, I talk about a Tyrannosaurus Rex. One of my sons loves T-Rexes and he's, he's the, all of, all of my children are very, you know, let's say extreme sportsy, but one of them specifically, I think will do like base jumping. He's seven now, but he is constantly focused on the squirrel suit. He just wants a squirrel suit and to jump and that sort of thing. Um, so along, <laughs> where was I think? I, hey, get him, I'll get him a copy of Zen Athlete. We'll, we'll sort him out. Okay. <laughs> exactly. And I, I said, I said in the book, he'll love it, man. He, he will love. So I said in the book, um, that being in alignment is like being on the back of a Tyrannosaurus Rex, where if you, if you were to be afraid because there's a Tyrannosaurus Rex outside and you hear, and your house is vibrating like that, but you don't know where it is. And at any moment, it could be a and slam in your window. Or if you were to be on the back, on top of the Tyrannosaurus Rex, at every moment, you know where it is because you're on top of it. And it's a tight ride that you've got to grab on tight, but you know where you're going, you know where it is. You're not afraid that it's going to you know, bite you because it can't, because you're on its back. And that's what alignment is like. And so when we get into that alignment, the anxiety isn't there and the stress isn't there because we're on the back of the T-Rex. We're living in that place. What happens with anxiety is it's because we're doing things we think would solve a problem. More money, more passive income, different job. If I lived in a different place, if, 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 if will then cause me to blend with, but it won't. None of those things, none of those therapists, answers you know none of those like medication none of these things they're what my clients tend to say is it fogs and keeps them further away from the truth that they're looking for so if we can go ahead and flex the bravery muscle you know get on top of the t-rex's back be in that alignment which takes some bravery muscle and flexing that's going to be the safest place for you to be you know oh man i, I love that analogy and you know, everyone you've said it, it's kind of made a new analogy for me, which I, which I really, which I appreciate. It's like expanding my own mind and in, in understanding. So, you know, when you're talking about that, what it makes me think about is pushing the edges as a creator. So when you do sport, um, you know, in your snowboard or whatever, you don't just do the bunny hill all the time, right? <laughs> you push the edges once you increase your capabilities. So it's exhilarating. It's not safe. You're, you're, you know, you're not hundred percent certain. And so when you begin living in your alignment, it is not a set path. What a set path is, is getting this most secure job that exists and doing that. And even then it might explode because the universe is just works how it works, but there's no risk. You're on the green bunny slope. You know what it is and how much fun is the bunny slope once you develop your skills, right? There's a reason why you take off the training reels and, the, and your kid's like, oh my goodness, like, here we go. You know what I mean? And you're pushing the boundaries as a creator, right? And so you're going to stumble, you're going to fall, but you're going to get back up. And that's what makes life exhilarating, right? And then sometimes life will just throw it at you. 
but that's part of engaging in this realm and understanding that you are a creator. And I feel like, you know, going through this law summit that I'm recording right now, um, it's, it was a very spiritual endeavor. And one of the things that really comes back is they, they always say, know who you are. And it's kind of like, you know, a child of God, a child of the universe. You actually matter. You're not some random thing that's floating around in the universe with no purpose. And uh, I feel like a lot of this uh, conditioning, when you do hypnosis, you always have like an end in mind. And I feel like w one of these tricky ones that they subliminally implant is that you're worthless. And all these creators and superheroes and things like that, they're the ones that are going to come save you. You can't save yourself, right? Like you're not the creator. But if, if, if you, there is a divine creation and that divine spark is in you, you are powerful. You have purpose, but it's up to you to create it, to walk that path. You won't know what it is, right? You leave a legacy after 40 years of commitment, right? It's not on day one. It's you being that. So when it's done 40 years, like, oh my goodness, like, that's amazing. Like right now, actually today I had another million downloads on the podcast. And I'm like, yes, it's awesome. So I was like 5 million total. And it's really cool. It's been a really amazing journey with the intention to interview people to have these conversations. When I started this, I'm like Googling people like you, right? Who wants to talk about stuff that matters? Who wants to talk about things that are going to improve the quality of people's lives? Who want to engage in important dialogue and inspire other people to be who they are? Because if they can be whole and complete and harmonious, know who they are and their alignment with their creator and however they see that, they're going to be of service to community. The more peaceful and empowered they are, they're going to affect their friends and family. So how do we affect positive change on this planet? And so, you know, over that time, when I started, I didn't expect a million. I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea, but I kind of put one foot in, in front of the other. Then all of a sudden more avenues open, but it's still a consistent problem solve, right? I've been up and down, no money, plenty of times, you know, traveling with a Native American elder in Maine with Canadian money, which is basically monopoly money at the time in the States, you know what I mean? With just a credit card being like with no support, right? But knowing that that was where I was supposed to be following those breadcrumbs, the impulse of who I was. And that's made me who I am is just making those choices. Um, and so when we each engage in that process, over time, we become who we are, we get those experiences. But I think walking that edge, that's how you really connect with some greater force, a spiritual force, because you see it, stuff happens, that's way too random, that you begin to notice the magic of the universe, but it doesn't happen on the bunny slope. Right. It happens in the, you know, and like, you know, you're off shooting and then all of a sudden you see like a, you know, a bear out in the mountains or something wild. Right. Just like, see it. No. Cause I was on the bunny slope. It was very safe. There was no danger. Everything, everything is bordered off. You got the, you got the pylons, right. You got the medics ready. Right. And you're not like fully expressing, you know, who you are. So yeah, that's my rant. You want to add on that? Yeah. The worst part is that you, the worst part to me with the bunny slope, this is tricky, but you think you're safe. This is the wild thing. This is your point with like the universe. I'm not, God forbid this should happen to nobody. Okay. But like some people have injured themselves on the bunny slope. Okay. Watch this. Technically, let's say the injury was supposed to happen or however you want to view it. You might as well have done that at least on a blue or maybe on a black pushing it a little bit. Either way, it's going to happen. The worst part is that you think you're safer in your current circumstance. That's the terrifying 
what we call in the, in the wizard, I'm creating a wizard area, wizard dictionary, reverse panic. Reverse panic looks like this. Sometimes I'll look back on my life and my wife and I, and we'll say, you know, we make choices that are in our alignment and we think, what if we didn't do that thing? And there's an actual feeling of terror because we wouldn't have been where we are now, right? And so in these moments, the worst thing that I want anybody to think about is whatever you think is comfortable, uh, safe, it's not. It's just not. So of course, you know, we have our babies, you know, at, at home and stuff like that. And some people are like, well, are you worried about safety? Alignment is safety, okay? I'm not, God forbid, it should never happen to somebody, but like things happen in the hospital, things happen outside of the hospital, things happen walking down this street where nothing was supposed to happen, things don't happen on this street where it maybe was really bad. Alignment literally is you walking where you've got this divine guardian, it's like on the T-Rex's back. That's your safest spot. That's Imagine a child that's walking and it just doesn't know and this boulder goes next to it. And it doesn't, and the kid just doesn't notice it. And you know, and then he makes a left and the boulder. But if he would have done the path that everybody said to do, he'd have been crushed by the boulders. Right. And so which which brings me to the whole learning from my children, you know, and they my evidence is what they said back to me just the other day. I said to them, um, I said, when I was a kid, you know, Toys R Us was big, right? And I said, I don't want to grow up, I'm a Toys R Us kid. There's many things on Toys R Us I can play with, you know. And when I was a kid, I said, yes, that's exactly right. I don't mind the age growing, but I, I'm not going to lose the magic because this is where the, the genius is. I think uh, Da Vinci talked about it as well. And so my kid said to me, he's like, you know, I, I was out there. We were definitely skateboarding, but then we were playing like some kind of soccer tennis game. And they were playing, they got new games. They have to explain me the rules every time. Toilet, tag. Uh, you know, they put the arm out. My wife is like, can we come with a different name than that? They have another called Man from Mars. Okay. Uh, Mr. Mr. Fox, what time is it? Right. You know, so I play it and I'm full serious. Let's go. Yeah. How you play this one? Okay. No, I got this. Okay. What happens if it's uh... <laughs> trying to Wait, figure yeah. out the rules already so you can cheat and bend them? <laughs> exactly, you know, and my seven year old. Yeah, I'm not playing to lose here, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, okay. So hold on. So what happens if, if he touches you, but then can you still touch the other person? Like I'm not, it's not like I treat it like it's kid time. Like this is for real, it's, everything is real, right? And they're like, yeah, they're like, you, you, you didn't, you know, you, you get it, you get us, right? And that's like just, in, you know, we got it from four months old to 12 years, 13, she just turned 13. So that's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. You know. so, um, so, you know, you got this range, but like that's where the genius is, that's where the safety is, or this alignment, and we can be in those moments, and that's that's the big terror. Whatever you think is safe and comfortable, my warning to you is it's not. So you might as well be where your alignment is because that's where it's safest, that's where you're living. And like you said, pushing those boundaries a little bit. And you mentioned this with extreme sports, like can you do it or can't you? So like with skateboarding, just to jump the topic, because when you said it, I was like, I wanted to hit on this. You know, you know, dropping in, do you, do you skate? Like when you're dropping off a coping, it's like, if you can't, it's the completely, everything in skateboarding is horribly terrifying. So it's just like, <laughs> and the concrete is just so, so painful, right? And so and it just hits so hard. And um, so I was thinking like, to drop in, and it's like, you know, if, if you're on the board here, but like if you're on the coping, for anybody that doesn't understand, like, 
I don't know. Uh, if you, I don't, how do you explain dropping in? Yeah, well, it's like it's like you're dropping into your death. You can't, your brain can't com, com, compute how the board is going to touch down, and you're going to start going down the slope. You only see just falling down and whooping out. You know what I mean? Right onto your head. You're like, what? Are, and if you step down, how do you not pitchfork forward? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's the the crazy part is if you hesitate, you're dead. You're instant yeah. death because yeah. the board goes this way. Your body goes that way. It's just all craziness, right? But it's like. So when my when my children are going towards the next thing, they'll say, Dad, um, can I, you know, can I do this? I'm like, I don't know, can you? And they're like, I don't know, what do you think? It's like, it literally doesn't matter what I think. You tell me if you can, and I'll support you wherever you think you want me to be. So we've got this this quarter pipe. Nobody could move, right? So we got this quarter pipe we bring out to the driveway, and then one of my sons, the one who's going to be squirrel squirrel diving. And biggest stuff or whatever. It was like this guy. And this is what happened to me when I was a kid. I was pushing it to going over ramps, getting handlebars. You know, I had whatever. So he's he's like me. So I can't say I can't let him see me cover. I can't. I have to be like, yeah, yeah, you got it. And then when he's not, like, oh, yeah. you know. So he goes, he goes, okay, Dad. And I'm like, can can you can do this? And he's he's like, yep. I said, okay, then you got it. And then he goes. Boom. Any lands or I catch him right before something crazy happens. But I said, you got this, you got it. And the main thing is, can you or can't you? If you see it, then 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 you got it. Then I'll support you, you know, in that. Um, but that you you mentioned that earlier with the extreme sports because there are, there are consequences, and in life and in business and with children and relationships, those are your consequences. And what I'm telling you is, when you're concerned about going for that startup or continuing another round of, of funding or uh, you know whatever it is in your relationship when you're considering staying when you should go or going when you should stay or any of these things, those are real life circumstances. And being in the alignment, even though it's terrifying, just like dropping in, you are safest when you commit to the drop in and flex that bravery muscle. If you hesitate, if you push too far, the concrete will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. Well, you, that's another really brilliant analogy. And I, and I love what you shared there because I absolutely agree that the safety is in the alignment. You know, I've seen people on the bunny slope, for example, get smoked, um, but it's not honoring who you are, right? Like you think it's safe and comfortable, but it's probably killing you. Right? Yes. Or many other things. And, and, and one of the things too, I heard on my podcast that I really love, which is interesting. David Weiss is like a flat earth one. Right. So I, you know, I'm already crazy enough. I'm not, I remember when I was like 18, right. I'm telling my friends about this before college. I'm like, yo, there's evil people in the world. This is how it runs. This is the banks. This is this. You're like, you're crazy, bro. Conspiracy stuff. And it always got to aliens. And it's like not touching it with a 10 foot pole. Cause my friends already think I'm nuts. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that eventually I'm like, all right, I got to deal with aliens. So dive into all of those rabbit holes and who knows what's going on, but something peculiar is happening. Cause I've been to Egypt and they have some interesting stuff. So something's happening. Who knows what's going on there. Um, but then flat earth was another one of those things. Where I'm like, you know what? I'm already crazy enough. I'm not touching that. So any, anyways, David Weiss is making the rounds of people I know. I'm like, you know what? I, like I'm going to see what he's going to say. Yeah. Have him on the show and uh, very compelling, interesting stuff. I don't know. It could be a triangle. It could be a square. I don't know. I've never been up there, but a lot right. of the stuff he said for one NASA is full of shit. That's 
like so obvious now it is like the biggest money scheme you know how much money they get it's like 20 million dollars a day and what do you do with that you know you want to you want the best money laundering project for years nasa i know that for sure so uh, i learned a lot up with one that's about mars or something bro i said it here live okay if, if nasa can do it we can come up with one that's for mars man. How about that? <laughs> yeah, you know, like, but you know, they say like, yeah, so NASA is full of crap. That is for sure. I know it like never a straight answer. You know, like I learned that I learned some other things, but he said something on there that again, like sometimes the, it's a spiritual kind of podcast to try to find spiritual teachers and self-help and health and all that. But he said one of the most spiritual things I've ever heard. And he said, I go, well, what do you think the meaning of life is? He goes, the meaning of life is not to sell your soul. And I was mm. like, so succinct. And if you think about how much people compromise their soul, yeah, little micros, right? Yeah, yeah. All of that is gold. Every yeah. little bit is pure gold. It's the most valuable currency in the universe. There couldn't be anything more valuable than who you truly are, your soul's essence. Mm -hmm. Do not compromise your soul for anything. And that's when you're talking about that alignment. That's when the universe is working with you. Give yes. me, I don't know why I got this analogy. Like imagine um, you're, you're doing bumper cars, you know, yeah. and they got that thing up top, that pole that kind of keeps you the energy. You know what I mean? And right. like, I don't know, you think it's safer. So you jump out the bumper car, but you got no, you got yeah. no juice now. You know what I mean? That's keeping you in your that's lane. Good. That's right? a really good one. That's a really <laughs> good analogy. Because it's bumping, it's hitting. And you're like, oh, I don't want it to be bumpy. I want it to be smooth so you get off or you drive the bumper car out from underneath the connector and then it's no longer powered and it's sitting there. That's it's a sitting duck. Thing. That's yeah. a great <laughs> thing. Yeah. I want to figure out how to use that. That's really good, man. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Right? Cool. So, you know, that that's kind of how I feel like, you know, what you're saying there too, right? It's just honoring ourselves, And then if, if something happens, that's okay too because we're going to learn from that. We're going to respond from that. We're going to grow from that. No skateboarder or extreme sport athlete has not fallen or injured themselves. It is a part of the process. Whether it's entrepreneurship or life, failure is inevitable. It's a part of the process. And I think we're conditioned to think of it as a bad thing, right? Just fail in alignment with who you are and what you're trying to do. Always push, you know what I mean? And, and those compromises, that's really where that, that value is. That's, that's where it really hurts. You know what I mean? You're selling your soul little bits and then you see it out in the world where people have just now, once you compromise and compromise and compromise, all of a sudden it, it hits this uh, above 50% and now it's detached. Mm. You're almost soulless. You have no more guidance within yourself the system or the matrix has basically pulled you out from right. your power and now you're at the whim of something else something else's agenda whether it's the job you work for if you ever somebody told me i uh, i pronounced this wrong but i it's like egregor you know egregor it's uh so let's say what it is is the spirit so the nike shoe company the egregor is like the spirit of nike shoe company or you could think about like uh, like the U.S. Army, the spirit of that, or the Catholic Church, the spirit of that, or you know, um, I don't know, you know, um, uh, a skateboard company, you know, yeah, the spirit right. of the company, or like Patagonia. So, what are they putting out to the universe? So, if you work for them, you're kind of working with that spirit. What have they put down to amplify in the world, right? And if it's a good positive energy, you might want to align with that. But you want to create your own. And so, if you lose yourself 
with something that is not putting out something positive in the world, you're now trapped. Or it doesn't have to be positive. It could be anything. It's just not yours. Yes. It's right. just your, and then that's going to intermingle with other energies that have nothing to do with you that you want no part of. And now you're kind of lost in that world. And actually I'm thinking of another weird analogy. There's a, there's love, death and robots on Netflix. And it's like this really weird. Have you seen those? No. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're great. They're short, but they always got to do dystopian, just like black mirror, like all this project, you know, subliminal yeah. program. It's always got to be dark. Like I want to do the positive version, you know? Right, um, right. But anyway, the guys in the physical reality and all of a sudden some weird happens and it becomes like uh, cartoony where he is. And it's like, right. It's a, you know, cartoon type of thing. So he's yeah. flying around in this other realm, but he loses his grip on the physical. Then all of a sudden this realm kind of eats him up. And I feel like if we keep, compromising our soul that realm eats us up and and it's so hard to come back to who we truly are and that's why just making those tougher choices when you're so uncertain it's the harder thing to do but you remain in integrity with yourself and that's how you're going to learn how to trust yourself and that's how you're going to learn how to trust the universe to take those big leaps and like yeah all right I'm going to go do this thing, you know, because this is what I'm supposed to do. This is who I am, right? You're going to help, you know, and you'll see it help. You'll see it respond and you'll trust both yourself and the universe. And to me, that's, that's priceless. That's wild that you say that because I was, I was having this conversation. I believe it. Yeah, I was having this conversation with myself and I was saying, I should, um, <laughs> I should do a whole series on, on the interviews I have in my mind, you know, because there are a lot. Okay. And so <laughs> I was having this, this interview and this person asked me about, let's say like my coach. And I said, everything is my teacher. Every, everything and everyone is. And I said, the reason, the reason people uh, work with me or consult me or want me to be the coach is because they trust me. It's, I, I, I bring them that truth. And so they're thirsting for it. And they're like, this guy's going to tell me, let's say the truth or, or is tapped into that. And then the reason why everything else is my teacher is because I trust myself. And it's what you said about less than 50%, let's say, the, uh, basically to your beautiful point is like the, the least, the less, I don't know which word to use, the less amount that you compromise, the more you stay connected to the bumper car connector, and then you can <laughs> be powered and, and, and trust yourself. And the crazy thing that you said, you said that it doesn't have to be bad, this other kind of spirit. It's just maybe it's not yours. And that's what got me so passionate about focusing on alignment for people, because I saw that there are so many ways to make money so many businesses to do, so many opportunities, so many people to listen to, hustle, grind, sell this, sell that, don't do this, work here. That it's like, oh my gosh. So, and, and they don't, they're all true. I don't wanna say all true, but a lot of the good people, let's say the good gurus, it, what they're saying is true, but it might not be these people's alignment. So it's like, shoot. So then I realized like, wait a second, you none of none of what this person is saying will work if it's not your alignment. And I just found that out through my own horrible, horrible pains. You know, <laughs> and was, once I started, like God, that hurt. All that hurt. You know, and it's like that didn't work. This didn't turn out. That didn't work the way I thought it was going to work. What's going on? First, like I knew something wasn't wrong with me. Right? It's like a little bad, but it's like, but what am I doing wrong? And it's like, oh that's not my alignment 
shoot. And once you understand that, you'll know what to invest in. You'll know what to work on that's going to have a way higher rate of success. And what you said earlier too, is like you said, falling, like isn't failing, but you said when you fall in your alignment, I loved that because all I saw, all I, I actually just saw this thing today. There was this, this hurdler, just sprinting hurdler. And um, I guess he was getting tired towards the end. And this is track and field, okay? Hurdles. And he dove at the end. And he won. He got first place because he crossed the finish line. And tech, and of course, he hit the ground. You know, those tracks hurt, you know, the rubber, whatever it is, it's rubber or clay. And, and it was like, wait a second. He technically fell forward in his lane and in, in his alignment, and he won. And it was like, whoa, if you're falling in your alignment, you ain't falling, bro. You're not falling, man. You literally might be winning. You know, and if anything, you're going closer to yourself. And there's definitely what we have from Shlomo Melech, we call him, and our Torah is Solomon, uh, Solomon in English. And like he says that a righteous, David Melech, he says a righteous man falls seven times. I say this to my children a lot. Because, so it, to me, right in that sentence, right in that pasuk, it says a righteous man falls seven times. So wait a second, the answer is in that sentence. It doesn't say a failure fall. This is a righteous one, which is like, you're saying the good guy is the one that's falling? Yeah, that's the one that's falling. The one who is in the alignment and is going along his way and is pushing what you were saying, like the boundaries, if you like, in living life. You know, there was this other, I, I don't think it was one, but somebody said this quote that most men die uh, when they're 25 or 30 or something like that, but it takes like 40 something years to bury them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that was brutal. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible, right? So it's like, you don't want to, don't die. And if you're like feeling dead now, you don't have to stay that way. It, it just makes, it takes a choice. You don't have to stay dead. Even if you feel it, don't stop now. If you're hearing this, you can come alive again. Oh yeah. Amazing. I love all that. And I think your ending point again was incredibly brilliant. I, our culture, I think is designed to, well, I know this cause I've studied it. We have a Prussian education system and it's designed to make you a worker and fit to whatever the society may need. I think the expression in the law is like, don't uh, give your kids to Caesar and not expect them to become a Roman. Right. And yep. so we're, we're manufacturing these kids through our education system. And so that's us. And then we go through the, you know, well, these are our jobs. Well, what city did you grow up in? You know, Canada, USA, around the world, what socioeconomic options did you have? That's basically what they're going to give you, right? Yeah. But you are made to be who you are, whatever that may be. It might not fall in that gap. It probably doesn't. It might, but, um, you know, you got to figure out who you are and move towards that. And, and so we just think that's what we're supposed to do. And what you said about re-waking up because i think most people are recognizing this but they they feel like it's too late sure. it's not too late you can change it at any point and it's usually not a night and day where you wake up and it's all hunky-dory a little bit over time you know at the beginning you said you know what if you do this process for a year just do a little bit right if you can do one percent over the next year you're going to be in a total different direction right? Just a little bit. And that's all you need because at 1%, then you're going to do two and five and 10. And you're going to start to steer in that new direction. You're going to get taken by a new current. And the beautiful thing is 
what I've observed for the people who are willing to, for lack of a better term, wake up to, I have more options. I, I can choose how to architect and create my reality while being mindful and responsible and accountable for the life responsibilities that I have. I can do that. I can, and then that's taking a bigger responsibility. It's a huge one, right? And so then you begin to move in that direction. And over time, you're going to become a totally different person, but you don't get stuck, right? It's just like, oh, well, I'm 25, I'm 30. I've been doing it for 32 years. Well, what if you're 40 and you do something for 10 years, right? What if you're 45 and you do something for 10 years? And always the people who choose that, they, well, not always, but a lot of, if they do it soon enough, they won't have too many regrets, but all of that information in their life experience, if it's a proper wake up, it helps that transition. Right. It's all meaningful if it's a if it's a proper wake up, you know. It's like, oh, I woke up to this. And I was like, no, no, once you kind of get through all that hurt and pain and regret and anger, on the other side, that will help you to build the track because maybe you can uh, speak to all these people. Right. I, I remember talking to one guy who was a former Hells Angels muscle, uh, did a lot of terrible things and uh, had a really tough uh, awakening process. And uh, now he helps people that were used to be in gangs and addicted to drugs, get out of gangs, uh, get off addiction and things like that. And I was like, well, your process, no one else could do, well, other people could do it, but you can really do it. Yeah. Right. You, uh, you get it, you know? Right. And so this whole need of him walking through that journey, sometimes we're kind of shut off, right? Sometimes I think that people are properly asleep. I think this is probably most people. Um, they're just properly asleep. They didn't get that opportunity yet. Right. And so maybe spirit kept them in a daze and it goes boom, mm -hmm. right? And now you're awake. And uh, I remember actually at Burning Man and I'm not sure because my process for life has been so different. I just felt something was wrong and I didn't have an awakening process. It was just an evolution of what I thought, right? Mm -hmm. I thought something was off here, you know? And so mm -hmm. I've always thought the same thing. It was just an evolution of, of what I thought. And so, but then when I talk to other people, it's always a traumatic awakening. Very few, it's like, you know, they oh, just kind yeah. of were made that way. So this one guy at Burning Man, I was talking to him, he was in the military, and uh, he also was in, um, what's the Asian gang? You know, the Red Dragons or something? Like the Tattoo? the really intense one. Yeah, I think triads? Yeah, I don't know. I think it was a triads. It was yeah. like the intense one. I was like, as a Burning Man, just chat this guy. And like, you know, immediately Burning Man just opens up stuff. And he's just like, yeah, you know, and he's telling me a bit of his story. And I was like, holy smokes, you know what I mean? And he's, but he is like, like you can see he is processing like, oh my God, like that guy just woke up like a few weeks, you know, a couple months ago. He's like, yeah, I just, you know, I was like processing all this stuff. And he's telling me a bit about the military and, you know, he didn't want to go with some of the stuff about what he had done, but you know, it sounded like he did some horrible stuff. And, uh, and he goes, but my upbringing and everything that I did and all the people I was around, you know, that's what it was, right? Like, you know, how he, whatever his situation, it sounds insane. It was what it was. And I was looking at him and he's like trying to forgive himself too. And so I just drew a line in the sand and I said, look, I was like, for whatever reason you were asleep, right? You were, you were, you did, you weren't aware even that you were doing really wrong at that time. You were just kind of going along. You thought that this was normal. Now that you have this awareness, you're accountable moving forward. So you don't get off the hook here. All of that stuff, right? You you can be you know forgiven for for you know I'm not saying 
you know, if he caused harm, it's good or anything. But I mean, like the, the intent, right, is it was different. Now he's awake. He knows what's going on. And now your choices moving forward, they're going to shape you, right? Just like this guy in the Hells Angels wasn't good, you know, by any means. But that strong awakening to say, okay, now what do I do? Because you're definitely accountable. You know now. You somehow know better. You, you, you know, if you're a kid and you get raised into this crazy chaotic environment and it's how you process the world and you do all this stuff because everyone's doing it, um, it's not, doesn't make it right, doesn't make it acceptable, but maybe your brain is tuned in a way that you can't even see that other thing, right? So he's now offered a new perspective. So I don't know. I just want to share that story because right. maybe- Maybe that's what happens to some people, right? But it, but if you can take that opportunity now and transmute it, it's going to be a very powerful gift, right? And that's going to be his his thing to do now that he's gotten that opportunity. That's, it's cool as you said transmute. I say, I, I was actually wondering, sometimes I say transmutate, transmute. I was like, I don't know which one to use. But it is, <laughs> I don't know if it's transmute or transmutate, but I think they both work. I you think, know, so. I think <laughs> transmute, yeah, I think transmute. Yeah, I think they both can work. Do they both work? And I, I'm confident transmute does. Transmute <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> if I can't listen, that's why that's why I had to create the wizard dictionary because like sometimes it's like, you know what? I'm not spelling holistic without a W. That doesn't make sense. So <laughs> I, you know, it's like sometimes it's like no. I, yeah, I maybe disagree. transmute is just a short version. I don't know, transmute. Maybe I'm just being lazy, right? I'm doing the slang version. <laughs> No, no, but that's that's super good, you know. And that that waking up thing, it's just like getting woken up in the matrix, you know. However, that comes about with you, you know, and taking action at that point. And I saw this quote just the other day. Um, it's pretty neat. It's like it said that the KFC guy, like Colonel Sanders or some, whatever, you know, he started or something when he was seventy-two, you know. And it's, I'm not saying I'm into fried chicken. I don't eat that. But point is, <laughs> it, this. You know, for you and I to be talking about that person, they made an impact somehow in the world. And then there's so other, other examples that started when they're like 50 and 60 something or something like that. So the point is like, it's not, I think there was even another example of a person who was super not fit and they were like 80 and then they started to exercise and it took like five or six years and their body was just a lot better. So the point is whenever you're waking up, you, you're woken up, you're here. And there are things that we can do in this experience, this physical experience that we cannot do in the other experience. So we really want to not just maximize, but this is the spot. For example, there are things that, whether it's a ghost or a spirit or an angel or whatever you want to think that it is, it can't do that we are able to do because we're in this, I don't know, costume, whatever you want to call it. And so it's pretty cool the things that we're able to do in this existence so whenever you wake up welcome to the club <laughs> you know because your soul is is not an age anyways right so there's no real such thing as you woke up when you're 40 like what does that even mean or you woke up when you're 90 or you woke up when you're 10 because I, it just means like 10 years here and 90 years here but the soul which is who you are 90 years, I don't know what that's like. Is it like a second compared to the age of the soul anyways? So whenever you're waking up, it's just like you're, we're all newborn babies anyways. So forget about it. Welcome to the club. And now let's, let's take some actions, you know? 
Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And that, yeah. And that's, it's an exciting prospect rather than I've missed time. Right. And I feel yeah. like it's almost like this grieving process, just get through that. And now yeah. it's just seeing things with a little bit of a different lens. And it's uh, yeah, you know, one of the differences I think like an awakened person, not awakened person is they just believe they can architect their reality and they figure out what their value sets are, what's important to them, who they truly, that's it. You just see in life through a little bit of a different way. Like, you know, for me, when I was going through high school or, or college, that's when I started to realize I was different than my friends. Cause I was like, what do you want to do with your life? And everyone was just picking a job. They didn't know what they wanted to do university, this and this and this, no one was questioning, like traveling, you know, exploring their curiosities, really just engaging, like living life. And I thought that was really weird. And uh, I'm just, that's the same thing I've been doing this whole time. I was like, well, who are you? What are your values? What do you enjoy? What are you curious about? Uh, what would you do? You know, if you had a million dollars every single day, how would you spend your life? And what happens is we invert our, our values, right? And so then we end up selling our soul more or less. So we can then pay for the thing we value and, and it ends up kind of all collapsing on its head and we're, we're left feeling, you know, unfulfilled. So, um, yeah, man. Well, this has been really beautiful. I knew this would be awesome when we, when we started to chat. Uh, is there anything that you wish that we had talked about or that you want to uh, discuss before we close this? Um, <laughs> the, the, last, the last thing you said, well, this other last thing, I like that you just now said, because well, we've, we've, we've hit so many amazing things. Like, what would I you know, even add except what's in this moment? And when you said that, you know, you thought it was really weird what your friends were saying compared to what you were saying. And it reminds me of, I have several stories like this, but um, I, I, uh, I, you know, I, I started off playing a lot of different instruments, a tuba, trumpet, and stuff like that. And one summer I decided I wanted to play the saxophone. So I, I came home and I said, and I've been playing trumpet for years. And I said, mom, I said, I want to play the saxophone, I'm going back now. And so we found the saxophone to get, and then I taught myself the saxophone over the, the summer. And then I went back to school and the band teacher was like, doesn't this band the band teacher was like, wow, it's like, you're, you're better at this than you were at the other. This was more of my alignment. Yeah. So it took less time, less time. This is what happens when you're in alignment. You know, it's a way more efficient way of living your life. When alignment is a way more efficient way of living your life. So, um, so I said, yeah. And so I looked around though. And everybody, <laughs> everybody else had their mouthpieces upside down. And I was like, hey, so band teacher, I don't know why everybody else has their, their mouthpiece upside down. But um, anyways, so I, I don't, and that's just what I said. I don't know why everybody else has, has their mouthpiece upside down. And so he says, they don't, you do. <laughs> and, it was like, and I was like, what? Well, I can't play with it the other way. So I tried to turn around and and it was sweet. And I was like, I can't do it like that. I'm not doing that. It's just like me saying, I'm not spelling holistic without a W. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and this happens with my, my, my base jumper son. He's like that too, where he just sees it just backwards. So I get it. Right. And it was like, I, I did it. I literally thought they all had their, their mouthpiece upside down. And that was like, there was no part of me that thought maybe it was me. Maybe I, <laughs> no, no, <anyway. laughs> So you kind of did that when you, you're like, wait, that's weird that you guys are not questioning that. So I think one of the things that might be helpful to other people, cause it could feel, it could feel lonely sometimes, you know, to be, to wake up at some point 
and to be in an environment that maybe is not so supportive of or understanding of what you're thinking or you can't figure out why you're questioning things. And that leads to why my most amazing clients, they have, they've experienced anxiety, depression, therapy sessions, uh, ADHD pills and this sort of thing because they have this, the real thing going on is they've got this increased sensitivity. And when they have this increased sensitivity, which you can use to tap in, but they're in an environment that doesn't understand how to use that electric, that sensitive signal, then they're experiencing this feeling of loneliness. You know, and so if you're that kid, just like Matt over here is saying, like, why aren't you guys wanna travel? Or like me when they're like, why everybody else has their mouthpiece upside down? <laughs> you know, you're, you're not alone. You just gotta find people who are also on that quest asking those questions. That, that I would leave it like, I would say it like that to let people know if they're hearing this, that they're not alone. You know? Yeah. Again, I love that. Every time you finish it, you, you bring up like a new, very important point, right? That understanding everyone, you know, in the coaching group that I've run now and, and pretty much everyone I've coached are like, I'm the only one who thinks this way. And I'm like, well, it's interesting because everybody tells me that, but there are many of us, but for whatever reason, we're kind of scattered in our communities. And so yeah. maybe you're the leader and you're going to show something different. And then on the other side of that, you, you meet your tribe. It's almost like no one can do it for you. And everyone that I've seen that's really achieved success, meaningful fulfillment and success, right? Not just financial means, like they right. had an idea that was theirs and they were able to make it happen. They walked through their own fire. There was no freebies. There was no handouts. You know, some people got it maybe a bit easier through, you know, some of the circumstances they had, but there was a fire if it's legit right? And they walked their legit path. The money didn't help because it was some other horrendous thing they had to walk through, right? right? That was like, do you want it? Because, you know, you're gonna have to give that up or you're gonna have to let that go or whatever the case is. And so um, you earn it. So that way, on the other side, you kind of respect your peers, you know, and people just have that resonance. It's like you, you did it too, right? And now we you know, show the path for, for the next generation. And so you're definitely not alone. There's a lot of people out there who think the same way, who want the same things. And it is a little bit like the matrix I posted on Instagram today. I was like, every day, the matrix is more and more like a documentary, you know, it's just like, you know, right. We're, we're really plugged into something else. We're not plugged into spirit, right? We got to be plugged into spirit in our heart and our mind and our soul. Right. And we honor that. And we witness other people plugged in too right? They're, they're the ones with their mouthpieces upside down, you know, doing it their way. And, and I was like, oh, that's the way you want to do it. And that's okay. And that's what I learned through, you know, Bruce Lee and martial arts. He's like, make it your own, right? This isn't the one thing you make it your own. It doesn't work for everyone. If you, you know, how do you create something um, brand new? And in Zen, they'll teach that too. It's like, well, what's give you a bowl. And like, what is this? Like, what do you think it is? Don't let me just tell you. And this is a bowl to own the surface. Well, martial arts, it could be a pretty good weapon. So, you know, my daughter thinks it's a hat, you know, it's just like their brain, right? The child's mind. And so, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of just beautiful ideas and incredible analogies that came through this discussion. I really enjoyed it and, and deepened my understanding on a lot of things. And it felt, you know, peaceful and, and know that you've walked the path and you're doing it for sure, because you can always hear it in someone's voice and someone's words and their analogies and how they understand it and frame it, you know? And so you, you have all those things. So I'm grateful you're out there walking the path, doing what you do, helping people. Um, where can people find more about you? If they want to stay in touch, they want to get the book, they want to engage more, where do they go? Sure. Go to futurewithwizard.com. 
or follow on Instagram at jbthewizard. And then you can go to connectwiththewizard.com. So future with the wizard, connect with the wizard, and JB the wizard. Awesome. Well, this has been a pleasure. I really enjoyed this. So uh, yeah, man, thanks for coming on. Thanks for everything you do. Likewise, man. Same here. Okay. Awesome. Thanks guys for listening. See you in the next one. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely incredible JB the Wizard. I hope that you enjoyed that show. I absolutely love this conversation. We became fast friends. We we think alike. Uh, we have similar intentions. JB is doing just amazing work in the world, so I invite you to check out everything that he's doing. Stay in touch. Follow him on Telegram. Um, you know, Follow all of his sites. Follow me on Telegram, too, because uh, that's one of the spots you can find the work over on Odyssey, but make sure you link up at mattbelair.com. Get on that email list. Uh, share this as far and as wide as you can uh, on the socials, in messages, however you can get the word out there. It really is up to you to spread this message if it resonates because for whatever reason, the powers that be are just cramping down as as hard as they can and, uh, you know, we need the support for from you guys. Uh, if you want to become a member, that would be amazing as well. And uh, if you want to join, uh, you know, go deeper into the soul compass or quantum heart hypnosis or any of these tools to help you uh, know yourself, to live your life purpose and to, you know, really learn the the tools that work in peak performance and mindset uh, check out soul compass or any of those things would, would love to hear from you and um, work with you and support whatever you're doing um, and even just getting into like-minded community with it with a mastermind group of people who support you and understand you because most of the people in there they're like this is the only place that uh, you know i could i could talk freely it's like madness out there so if you're looking for like-minded community we're waiting for you and uh just that's it so have a beautiful day we'll we'll come into a pay uh We'll come into a, a place of peace and coherence. I'm very excited, as you can see. And uh, so let's do that now. <laughs> Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, every muscle, and every fiber of your being with peace, contentment, connection, inspiration, compassion, courage, ready to enjoy the rest of your day. So thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode.